I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, it's a football Friday. We've got the Bucks at the Giants this Sunday. You're going to hear from Jason Pierre-Paul about his long-awaited return to New York and why he's wearing a club on his right hand. You want to know who has a unique perspective on the Bucks kicking carousel? Well, punter Brian Anger, the holder for Roberto Aguayo, Nick Folk, Patrick Murray, Chandler Cannonzaro, and now Cairo Santos. My conversation with Brian Anger, and it's a good one here in just a minute. UCF and college football is going to host Cincinnati, the big game. College game day is there in Orlando. Uh, but is this about as much attention as the Knights will ever get? A full slate of college football on hand this weekend. And the Tampa Bay Lightning down 2 to nothing, get four power play goals, three by Braden Point in a natural hat trick in a span of one minute and 31 seconds. Uh, the second player ever to score three goals on the road that fast, the sixth fastest hat trick ever. This was an amazing game, but some bad news for the Bolts today. They're going to be without Andre Vasilevsky for some time in what is reported to be a broken foot. That is a busy slate right there. We've got all that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, folks, you know, Thanksgiving is less than a week away, and what that means is that Christmas is here. It's already here. And so you're going to have to find something for that wife or girlfriend or special friend. Well, Continental Wholesale Diamonds wants you to have the best holidays ever by shopping at Continental. So for our listeners only, our friend Andy is offering for a limited time 20 percent off all jewelry prices that's right and they get the best prices anyway so whether you seek a statement piece like a gorgeous diamond necklace or maybe you're on the quest to find that perfect engagement ring and he's going to give you his undivided attention come to continental wholesale diamonds today and you score big for the holidays with 20 percent off all your jewelry prices it's where i shop continental wholesale diamonds they're at 1715 northwest shore boulevard suite 150 right next to the penthouse club so we'll get to that uh, that crazy hat trick in a, in a really exciting game. Uh, Braden Point with a hat trick in a minute and 31 in just a minute against the Penguins. Um, my kids uh, were riveted to this, Steve. <laughs> I couldn't get them away. I think you were the same thing. They had to go to bed and it ended up being an extra half hour because they kept getting the power play. It was just one of those deals. That but, was a uh, crazy get... game tonight in Pittsburgh, a place the Lightning do not traditionally do very well. So big win tonight. It was fun. It was fun, yeah. It was a lot of fun for the Lightning. But also the goaltending news that we got to talk about as well. Okay, New York, New York, as Huey Lewis would say, it isn't everything they say, and no place I'd rather be this weekend because it's going to be cold. Uh, the snow is coming in right now, turning to rain, and then it should be actually a nice weekend. About 45 is the high, I think, on Saturday and Sunday. It's uh, it, This is an interesting game. I mean, these two teams have had really down years. The Giants, you know, traveled across country. They, they beat the San Francisco 49ers, Eli. Manning driving them down in the last few seconds there. And uh, so they didn't get in until, you know, probably very early morning on Tuesday. So kind of a short week for them. Um, but, uh, you know, the big sort of the, the thing that's been circled on the calendar is for JPP, Justin Pierre-Paul, going back to the Giants and just how amped up he is for that. You know, this guy 
has been really impressive to follow. I didn't. I don't think anybody knew exactly what he had left in the tank when they traded him. I mean, typically you don't get elite pass rushers that still have much left. And he's 29 years old. He's played a lot of seasons, but um, the Bucks made the trade, and it certainly has paid off for them in terms of his production. I mean, he's got eight sacks in nine games, and and I think that he willed himself to have a good year before this game that was circled on his calendar uh, to going back to New York because he was traded by the Giants. And I think anytime a player plays his former team, it's emotional anyway. But if you're if you're one like JPP that spent his entire career there, won two Super Bowls, and then got dealt, you know, there's always this this sort of hint of, well, you know, they didn't want me. They got rid of me type of thing. So he's motivated to go back. And uh, some injury news, though, like I don't know exactly what's going on. Um, at practice, he, he practiced every day this week, but he had a, uh, you know, sort of a club on his on his right hand. That's the hand that he injured in the fireworks accident. And we're told by Dirk Cutter after practice that he had sort of a sore finger. One of his fingers was, was sore. So I don't know if he struck it on a helmet or something happened this week. Talking to Gerald McCoy, they said, <laughs> Gerald's like, hey, we're trying to keep him from not getting too amped up during practice because you can tell that, you know, this this game really means something to him. So we expect kind of a big game from JPP and um, had a chance to talk to him, you know, just sort of uh, as a group about what it meant going back to New York and, and how important this game really is for him. What I'm looking most forward to? Mm-hmm. Actually just playing the game, man. Uh, playing the game and getting the W. You know, that's what I'm looking forward to. How do you describe your feelings towards that organization? Uh, it's a great organization. Uh, I have nothing bad to say about it. Uh, you know, the, the owners there, uh, the, the mayors and the Tish, uh, that's a great organization. Uh, nothing bad to say about it. Uh, I loved it there for the years I've been there, and, you know, uh, they took very care of me. Are you angry the way it ended? I won't say necessarily angry. Uh, you know, I only got a phone call, but at the end of the day, you know, it's business. You know, I got to keep, keep it moving, uh, and that's what it is. So you don't try to get a little bit more amped up? You're still... No, I'm not, not necessarily, man. Like I say, the, it's been checked off since I left there, and I'm pretty sure they know I'm bringing the house now. So at the end of the day, it is what it is. Uh, I know once I get there, I'm just going to be going 100, 100%, man. Uh, you know, so. All those years, you couldn't lay a hand on Eli. Mm-hmm. Actually, su- I did lay a hand on Eli a couple times <laughs> in practice. This Sunday, you get a chance to lay a hand on Eli. You looking forward to all that? Uh, yeah. You know, the new quarterback, you got to lay him down. So, you know, I'm just laying him down if I did there. You know? Jason, talk to me about playing there. Uh, playing there was awesome. Uh, the fans was amazing. Uh, great teammates. Uh, great organization, like I say. Uh, you know, I loved it there, you know. Uh, but I'm here now, and I love it here. <laughs> How much intel can you share with this team, and have you been? I can't really give you intel because I'm not there. You know what I mean? Eli is Eli, you know. Uh, but everybody else, you know, I really this is a whole new team, man. You know, just like I'm here, it's a whole new team. But uh, you know, Eli, like I said, Eli is Eli. I can't really give you no intel on him. Uh, I know you just got to study film and, and go out there and do what you got to do. What does he do that can be dangerous? I know he's he had Who, a pretty Eli? good game against San Francisco. Who? Yeah, Eli. Yeah. Uh, Eli is Eli, man. You know, I, know, I know one thing. If he's hot, he's on. He's on to continue being hot. You know. Uh, we gotta get him early, and he's doing. I'm coming, I'm coming, Eli. We're looking at every. I'm coming. Just letting you know. <laughs> and uh, then you've seen the highs of Eli, and obviously now all the talk of the benchings bench last year. How do you sum up his career there? 
greats, one of the greats, man. That man won two Super Bowls. You know, well, how can you not say he's one of the greats? Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people have a lot to say about him, but I like to say he's just a great guy. You know what I mean? Me personally, he's in my Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Uh, but personally, he's like a great quarterback. He's a leader. And man, he comes in every, I actually learned this from him. He comes in actually every morning, real early. You know, his, his car be parked out there. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, as a rookie coming in, he never changed. So, you know, Eli's a great guy and he, he's going to be Eli. So, but I ain't falling asleep on him though. I know that for sure. Jason, what kind of reaction did you get from fans there? First game there. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? I know I got a lot of people supporting me there. So, uh, other than that, man, it's, I'm gonna be okay. I don't need a lot of support, but you know, at the end of the day, I know it's gonna be crazy out there. So, like I said, I'm just gonna go out there and, and give him my all, man. That's how I do every Sunday and give him my all and, and see what happens. You know what I mean? See if I can put on the show or not, right? <laughs> there you go. You have a lot of relationships probably outside the players, just people in the organization. Will it be emotional for you walking into that stadium again? No, nah, not necessarily, man. Like I said, I, got, I have family members and uh, friends that's flying out and cut a lot of friends that's over there. Mm -hmm. I've been there for so long, but other than that, it will, it, I'll say it'll be emotional at some point, but I know we got a job to do, man. Sunday, uh, game day, and like I said, I'm gonna play to the best of my abil uh, ability, and and it's coming. You know, like I said, this this game be checked off. You know, I told my wife this game checked off. You know, and it's definitely here. So, you know, made it through. But what week this is? No, week what? Nobody know what week it is. Week eleven. Week eleven. Yeah, I made the week eleven. You know what I mean? So it's here. So therefore, I got a game to play. Uh, one of the things that uh, JPP mentioned, of course, uh, and, and, and a focus really this week for their defense is trying to stop the run. I mean, Saquon Barkley's a special player. I loved him coming out of Penn State. Uh, I've not seen a guy that's 233 pounds. I mean, you think about the size of this guy who has really Barry Sanders-like uh, sort of balance and cutting ability. He has over 1,000 total yards already rushing and receiving. I mean, he's their do-it-all guy. You, you know, you take him and – and then you add, you know, you add to that some of the other weapons that Eli Manning has at his disposal, and they're they're a tough bunch to to try to tackle. And and tackling is the thing this week because if you remember two weeks ago, that's what got them, especially um, like in Cincinnati and in different places where they lost. But a better effort, you know, last week against the Redskins. Except now you could potentially be without not only Quan Alexander. Uh, who is on injury reserve. But now Levante David, their other Pro Bowl linebacker, uh, may or may not play. You know, he had not practiced heading into Friday. Um, and so we'll just have to see if he's going to be available. But um, if you if you look at the, what they've lost on the back end, two Pro Bowl linebackers, uh, you know, you've got uh, Kendall Beckwith, who was sort of on sort of on that plane of becoming one that hasn't played at all this year. They got to make a decision on him by Tuesday after his 21 days are up, coming off the non-football injury list. And then um, you look at you look at Vernon Hargraves on IR, Chris Conte is on IR. That's like you know six or seven guys on that back end that you were relying on as as starting football players. So it's a decimated secondary. Justin Evans has had trouble practicing this week. I don't know what his status will be. So you could have two new safeties uh, back there. Of course, Jordan Whitehead has played quite a bit. 
lot of rookie defensive backs have been have played a lot, but they've all had taken their turns being injured, and MJ Stewart will probably be out this week again. So it's a mess back there. And Eli, you know, with Odell Beckham and, and some of the targets he has, if he's able to get time, he's going to shred you. He can still he's still good enough to do that, even though he takes takes a lot of heat up there. So um, I expect it to be a tough game for the Bucks. They're going to try to start fast, and that means you know doing that on offense. And they did that last week. It was the emphasis. They came out, moved the ball very well. But then, of course, Ryan Fitzpatrick had the, the interception in the red zone, and that's been their thing. They've had four red zone interceptions this year, which leads the NFL. Two by Winston, two by Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, a couple of them were balls that hit helmets and got tipped up in the air, what have you. Um, but you just can't turn it over down there. And I'm still stunned a little bit that Ryan Fitzpatrick is is getting this start. I really thought that maybe they would go back to Jameis. I would not have been surprised if that wasn't at least a discussion, not just not just after this past game, but probably during the game when he threw that third quarter interception. I'm sure there was some discussion about maybe putting in, uh, you know, putting in Jameis Winston there, but. He has more confidence in, in talking to Todd Munkin today. I mean, they made it clear. You know, Munkin was like, look, our job is to win football games, period. That's what we get judged on. That's how we get paid. And we're going to play the guy that gives us the best chance to win. So um, I don't know what that says about the future in terms of whether both Dirk Cutter and Jameis could ever coexist again. I tend to think that one is, is not going to last outlast the other. Um, even, if, even if Dirk Cutter wins, I'm not sure – that you'll see Jameis here, or if they decide to keep Jameis, you'll see Dirk here. I just don't see how that relationship is going to be repaired, but we'll see how it goes up there in New York. And if they're able to beat the Giants, they come home, they play the San Francisco 49ers, so a chance to win uh, win two in a row, which is what they want to get going and um, try to get back into this thing. Um, the, the other new addition this week, of course, is Cairo Santos. Look, this kicking thing has just been – Hard to watch, to say the least. I, I think I did a story in the Tampa Bay Times. You go on TampaBay.com, um, just about you know how we've gotten here a little bit, but also the 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 record in terms of since like 2014, Tampa Bay kickers at home at Raymond James Stadium are making about 67 percent of their field goals. 67 percent, yeah, and. You know, you say, well, it must be a hard place to kick. Well, it's ranked 21st in the NFL in terms of percentage, but it's only a couple points off the league average. Um, opponent kickers are making 80% during that same span. So it's not – and that's – you know, it's not affecting – and, you know, the Bucks kickers are about 80% on the road. So everything's the same except for Bucks kickers at Raymond James Stadium. They cannot make field goals. They've missed, I think, 33 kicks in that span. Um it's it's just incredible, just the the record of uh, of uh, failure that they've had, and and now here comes Cairo Santos, who I'm told the other day went over there and made what like 32 out of 35 field goal attempts, which seems like a hell of a lot of field goal attempts to kick in one day. By the way, his legs probably going to be tired, um, but it's it's interesting, and each guy sort of had his own story, right? I mean, you know, going back uh, as far as Brian Anger is concerned, I mean, we can go all the way back to Lovey and you know, sort of what went on with Patrick Murray and then Kyle Brenza and Connor Barth and sort of how we got here. Um, but a guy that has an interesting perspective about all of this is Brian Anger, who's the Bucks punter and, and, play, and, you know, he holds for place kicks. And so those three guys, him and Garrison Sandburn, the long snapper, are together 
you know, 90, 95% of their days. I mean, there really is no coach for kickers. I mean, you have a special teams coach in Nate Kaiser who knows some things about it, but primarily those those specialists are just that. They're self-taught, and they have to be their own coach. And if they get out of whack or something fundamentally goes wrong, they have to kind of correct it themselves. And so they, they are all their own extra ears and eyes on uh, on trying to straighten each other out. But for anger who is kind of the Lucy to all the Charlie Brown kickers that they've had over there at One Buck Place. Um, it's just an interesting perspective. So I had a chance uh, to uh, sit down, and, and, you know, his locker is right next to uh, to Cairo Santos, who was, who was uh, in this huge scrum. And afterwards, I had a chance to talk to Brian Anger just about what his perspective is on all these kicking issues. Here's my conversation with Brian Anger. I think you'll enjoy it. How tough is it on you emotionally? Because you guys spend a lot of time together, and you're almost like psychologists for each other at times, I would imagine. Uh, yeah. Um, obviously, we spend probably all the time. 95% of our time together in the building. So yeah. um, it's tough to see a friend go. Yeah. Um, uh, it happened last year with Nick Folk, too. So uh-huh. you get close and get starting to, to meet somebody and really know them. Yeah. and uh, poof, they're gone. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's tough, but it's a known thing that happens. Obviously, it's a performance business, so yeah. um, it can happen to anybody at any time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You've had, I mean, you had a young guy in Aguayo, right, who hadn't kicked you, hadn't kicked in the NFL and had all those expectations. How, how hard was that for him to try to, is it different from, say, a veteran, who, who sort of been through it before and knows how to bounce back or, you know, what was his, his sort of situation different than, than some of the others? Um, it's tough. He was such a high draft pick. He had really high expectations, had a successful college career. He's a great kicker, um, yeah. Yeah, thrown into the fire. So um, you don't really know what to expect. Having so much success to, to, um, to what happened, um, very humbling. And, and he handled it well. Um, he's hitting the ball well. Um, I went through Josh Scobie at Jacksonville, uh, season vet, 11 years. Uh, for whatever reason, wanted to go with a younger guy. Um, Jason Myers had a great camp, so took Josh's. Uh, they traded Josh away to right. Right. Um, so Jason came in as a young guy replacing Graded. So yeah, I've almost seen almost seen everything. It's crazy. So yeah, yeah you never really know what to expect. And I mean, and Nick takes over, and he's established. I mean, he's yeah. you know throughout his career, nine years, whatever it was, eighty something percent. You know, you pretty much know what you're going to get. What is it about about what happens? I mean, how do the guys sort of fall out of that groove, uh, even though they've been doing it for a number of years? Um, Nick was a little banged up. That's where okay. he was nursing some injury. They did put him on IR after yeah, that. Yeah, he got put on IR. So um, for us, we're the only one. You got one guy. You can't bring the backup in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, you want to maintain your job and don't want to uh, sacrifice anything and try to push through injury or whatever. So yeah, um, it, it's complicated. Um, there's situations that happen that some of the public aren't aware of, uh, sure. just with operation and things like that. So, uh, when you say operation, you went through a couple long snappers. You went through um, just uh, yeah, just, battery just, little, just just little things. Um, um, yeah, it's 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 just a crazy business <laughs> to wrap it all up. It's just a crazy business. So that's where you you just have to expect yeah. uh, and know and know that the worst can happen at any time. When Chandler missed the the forty yarder um, 
in, in, in the one game, and they came back and hit the 59. You talked about how you have to trust. Tampa is, I've always said this, like people assume that, well, it's outdoors, it's natural grass, it's pretty good weather. It's not the easiest place to kick in the world, yeah. is it? I mean, you've got wind that can do some funny things. I mean, you mentioned like on the 59-yarder, he had to actually, and this is not something I would do, but aim outside you know, yeah. the, the upright and, and, and hope that he's, he's right. Yeah, um, uh, you get winds. We're close to the water, so you get winds from the, 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 the different temperatures. Um, it's better than playing in Buffalo and Cleveland. <laughs> no doubt. Um, the no heat doubt. helps a lot. Uh, keeps the ball kind of softer. And okay. ball in cold weather turns into rock, so you're playing with wind and, and a hard ball that doesn't want to compress. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah. So we've got that on our side. Every place has their different, different. differences, different different uh, nuances. Did you think that when you made the four extra points today, the game before this last one, that okay, he's in his groove now? Like this is he never really missed two kicks, I think, in a row. Um, um, he's always able to bounce back. But. For us, he's always been in a groove. He's seen him practice and his lights out. That's what I heard. I heard he's he was like good. one of the best practice guys. He's got great form. And that's where the, just for season guys, he did it too. You got to fall back to the technique, and you can't. Uh, not saying that he, he tried to change anything, but that's where he knew. You know what? I got to fall back onto technique. Was ever going on? Right. He's got a good base start. Uh, so you always have something to, to fall back onto. So um, he's a he's a technically sound guy. Watches film. Really studies this craft. So. Um, it's tough to say what happened. I can't pinpoint anything. Um, but, but yeah, just unfortunate that had to go. What are those conversations like? I mean, I mean, you guys spend, like you said, 98% of your time together. Is, is there much talk about where he's at or just this instant recognition that you know it's a production business? You got to go out there and make the field goal. You got to make the punt. Yeah. He's got to make the snap every time, right? It's just. Yeah, uh, he's a pro. Um, we're all pros. That's where in our position. Um, we're essentially our own coaches. We don't, yeah. um, the uh, special teams coordinators, it depends on who you have, but right. some more know more than others. Right. Um, Nate's good, and Nate knows some technical uh, uh, facts and points uh, to focus on for kickers and punters. So. Yeah. He's a good set of eyes, but... You are your own yeah, coach. You are your own coach. I know kicking through some of the guys that, I, that I've had. Uh, right. so, so I can tell him if he towed the ball a little bit or kind of how his spin came off. I can, I can help guide him, but, yeah. but he knows. Uh, if I hit a ball with, with a certain wobble or no stays up, I know what I did. So that's where we're, we're essentially self-coaching ourselves. So yeah. uh, You're just an extra pair of eyes. Yeah, for each extra other. pair of eyes. Uh, if he asks... 
can we can be there for him. Garrison's been around plenty of guys too, so yeah. Um, so we can we can help him out a little bit, but there's only so much we can do. Uh, yeah. He he knows what he's doing and he's a pro. So now you have Cairo, who's done it for a while too, yeah. right? So it's yeah. another guy that that kind of knows himself. Do you have to learn anything other than how he likes the ball placed or? Uh, different tempos, um, yeah. different approach to the ball, uh, different different uh, pre-snap routine and stuff. Sure, so, sure. The yeah, timing. We'll get that in this week. cairo uh, has got a couple different tendencies, but yeah, you learn a guy's miss hit. Um, you know how and kind of what if something happens, how he's going to miss hit the ball. Um, but yeah, mostly just tilt and, and timing. How about yourself? What kind of year do you think uh, things have gone for you? You came so close to killing a couple right on the goal line. Yeah. And I know it's a combination of who's going down there, who finds it, who can turn, all of yeah. that. I mean, sometimes you get the bounce, sometimes you don't. We've had a few. Um, I can probably give you three or four punts that we can gain another uh, at least 30 yards net, which yeah. would be a whole yard on our net average. For yeah. We've only had 30 punts, so that's one yard extra net. Right. Uh, you're not going to get a rebound. I've gotten and a couple of bounces. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I've had a couple long field situations that I wish I could get back. Um, yeah. The one in Cincinnati was really windy, so you can't really help that. Yeah. The ball blows a few inches. That was, it's, man. That wind there that day was unbelievable. Yeah, it's hard to chase a moving ball, so. Yeah. Um, we've still got essentially half the season left, and, yeah. and I know I'll finish strong. Yeah. Um, same thing, Ben. Ben lights out. Uh, technique sound right now, so. Good. Just need to stack some games. We've, we've uh, the offense have been rolling, so uh, yeah. we only punted 30 times this year. We're on track to have less than 60 points on the season. That's crazy. So. That's great for the team. Yeah, so need to take advantage of the opportunity. So, Steve, let's start with uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, they get a big win, four to three over the Penguins, a place where they don't normally play very well. Uh, come from behind, two to nothing. Well, not um, only that, this, but they, they took several penalties in that first period to go down two nothing, and you're yeah, just thinking, here we go again in Pittsburgh. Because they just don't right. play very well up there. No. And I, I think I saw where um, nine out of the last ten games, the, the Lightning have trailed at least one nothing. <laughs> it's just one of their Yeah, deals, well, yeah, man. they're also giving up a lot of first first goals in the game. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to matter. But um, let's start with the goaltending because this is going to be the biggest story, I think, of, of maybe potentially their season, you know, just depending on how it goes. I mean, you have – arguably the best team in the NHL right now uh, going. And you've now lost maybe your best player. Andre Vasilevsky is going to miss some time. Looks like a reportedly a broken foot. That generally can be anywhere from four to six weeks. I'm, I'm just basing it on the experience. I don't know the extent of his injury. We don't know, you know what the break is or anything like that. But let's assume that he's going to miss a month or more. There's still plenty of hockey to go uh, after that. But you've got Louis Domingue, who – is a pretty good goaltender in his own right. But again, you know, there's a reason why guys are number ones and there's mm-hmm. a reason why guys are not playing every night or, or three nights out of every four nights. Um, and so Domingue's going to be in there. And I thought, you know, for the most part, I mean, again, they got in penalty trouble. And so, you know, a couple power play goals. Um, but I thought for the most part, he played pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's, he's fairly solid and he's given them some solid outings. I would think he'd get the first chance at least to see – uh, sort of during this road trip, how things go. But this is – if there's ever a hockey team that it would make certainly sense to spend um, some some uh, some assets, um, future draft picks, players, whatever, to get, uh, you know, a starting goaltender, 
during this stretch. This might be the team that does it, right? Well, if you remember last season, uh, Peter Budai was the backup to start the year, and mm-hmm. he wasn't playing that well. And so they went out and traded mm-hmm. for Louis Domingue because they knew they needed mm-hmm. a backup goaltender. Now, this right. is a little different scenario, and I think you know some of it's going to depend on the test and what the prognosis is. I mean, they're all they're saying is he's out indefinitely. Right. We're all making the assumption it may be four to six, maybe seven weeks, based on if it's a broken foot and, and it's not a, you know, there's not some compounding issues with it or whatever. So I think some of it's going to depend on what the prognosis is and how quick they expect him back. Some of it's going to depend on how Louis Domingue plays in the near future. But I absolutely agree that they will make a move if Louis Domingue isn't performing or the team is struggling because of this. And Andre Vasilevsky is going to be out a while. I mean, look. All the experts have said that this is, if not the best team in hockey, one of the three or four best teams, and I would absolutely agree with that. But without Andre Vasilevsky, I don't put them up that high. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he single-handedly has carried this team for parts of the last couple seasons, and you know he is very important. Now, there's also potentially a silver lining in this, too, is assuming he gets back to 100% healthy and, and plays the same way he can play and has played this season, you've gotten him four to six to eight weeks of rest as this goes through, assuming you can you know, keep playing good hockey in that time, that you didn't want to play him as much as you did last season. This is almost forcing you not to. Now, there's some assumptions in that, and, and injuries are never a good thing, but sometimes the benefit of it at the end can be different. Yeah, there can be a residual. I mean, I, I get that. It's just I, I think it's disrupted because mm-hmm. we, don't know, we don't know the extent of the injury, and let's assume it's healed up. There's always, you know, an adjustment period. You're, you're not going to be in the same kind of shape if you were playing every day. Mm-hmm. It's like starting over with training camp or anything else like that. Your rhythm, yep. your timing, all of that. So, you know, while you're trying to get that, you you could suffer some losses. Um, but I'm saying and, and, in time for the playoffs is more what I'm, you know, assuming that the Lightning yeah, no. can, can keep their head above water is probably not the right saying at this point. But, you know, keep yeah. munching points and, and, and staying in the race and in the top two or three in the division. Right. No, I know what you're saying. I mean, he won't have the wear and tear that he did last year on him. And, and yet, I didn't think, you know, at the end of the year, I thought he still was playing pretty good. He got it back. Yeah, he had that stretch in the middle of the season where he even admitted he was pretty tired. Yeah. And, and I think more tell. mentally than physically even. But Sure, that was his first full season of starting, so it probably mm-hmm. was more of a mental grind. But but I still think that, you know, and again, if Louis Domingue can, can get it done and you can hold it down like that, then that's what they'll do. But if ever there was a team that has to cover themselves, because let's say he comes back and maybe it's not 100%, maybe he re-injures that foot. I mean, when you have an injury, you don't mm-hmm. know what else that affects. So you got you have to cover yourself. And for that reason, mm-hmm. I almost expect them to go out and do something here in the next few weeks, even if Deming is playing okay. Um, because you just don't know. God forbid, what if he gets hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you need, you need to have some pretty good uh, goaltending you need two good goaltenders, let's put it that way, and one that can play every night or most every night. So um, I didn't think that, uh, you know, either, of the, uh, you know, none of the goals really that he let in were necessarily soft goals. He actually made some really good saves. He kept them in it mm-hmm. uh, for a while in the first period. It could have been much worse than 2-0. But how about Braden Point, man? This guy this guy is really good. I'm telling you, his, his upside is enormous. Um, but the three power play goals, and Kucherov, I think, had three assists uh, in that game as well. Um, but he is, he is an exciting player, man, to see it, to see a natural hat trick in a minute, in a minute 31, 31, which is the sixth fastest in NHL history, only the second fastest in the expansion era. Yeah. Uh, now granted two of those were five on three power play goals, which helps. 
That's okay. Um, but hey, you take advantage of it. I mean, there's it, been other games with five on three power plays and nobody scored that fast. Absolutely. You um, know, the three power play goals for Brayden Point a minute thirty one. Some beautiful passing on the power plays. Really was, yeah. Um, you know, when they're when they're moving the puck that fast, that's stuff. That's tough to stop. When you've got shooters like Point, Stamkos, and Kucherov, and you know Headman behind you, yeah, on a power play, and you're passing it that quick. Good luck. Yeah, I thought Stamkos played really well. Kucherov did, obviously. Um, it was a weird game, though. You know, the way it started out, it didn't seem like the Lightning were were quite in step. And of course, when you have penalties, it's you get dominated. I mean, I think the shots at one point were fourteen to four or something like that in favor of the Pens, but it certainly turned around quickly. And uh, and they got the first goal right before the start of the second period, which was interesting. Um, that was a clutch goal to make it two to one. Mm-hmm. And then when they came out of that, they still had a couple. You know, had a five on three, and then a, and then another. You know, and then another power play on top of that. So they took Pittsburgh took like three penalties there in a row. Uh, it was just ridiculous for them. They had a, this. This whole game was just full of full of uh, penalty minutes. It was. It was. It was like you said, it was an exciting game because of a lot of power plays, but a little choppy because of it too. Yeah. Um, you know, it's tough for some players to get into rhythm if you're if you don't play the power play or the penalty kill. Um, you, you're sitting for long periods of time, and that can that can affect your game as well too. So. So the Lightning now go from here to uh, Philadelphia. They have a day off today. They'll play Saturday afternoon, afternoon game in Philly as this road trip continues. And then, and that's a place the Lightning generally do pretty well. They generally play well in Philly. They do. They need to get this going, get some uh, back-to-backs. It's good that they broke up that uh, losing streak. They had lost two in a row, I think, for the first time this Mm -hmm. year. Um, so a big win. Yep. And then they'll big be on Nashville Monday where, if you remember, just a week or two ago, they dominated Nashville here in Tampa mm-hmm. but uh, just couldn't get the goals. Uh, Pecorine had a really good game, and the, and the Nashville came away with the win. I think it was a 4-1 win, but I think it was 2-1 late. But the Lightning, you know, completely outshot and, and pretty much dominated or controlled the game, I would say. Just couldn't get the puck in the net. So it'll be interesting to see how they respond in Nashville on Monday night. Okay, so Saturday, uh, big day in Orlando for the UCF Knights. I mean, college game day is there. This is sort of, I think, their nod to uh, all you know the people that have been sort of shading Kirk Herbstreit for telling everybody that Central Florida doesn't belong in the conversation, which they don't uh, in the national championship picture. Look, they're ranked 11th. I don't know if you read Tom Jones's column. Yee. Eh. They're not going to make too many Knights fans happy. <laughs> but it's basically – have your day, and then shut up. You're saying he's dropping <laughs> was, the mic on the way out? Oh, my. Yeah, some people were like, hey, real nice of you there, Tom, you know. But, yeah, it was uh, ooh, it was, it was a brutal column, but I, I'm not sure I disagreed with a lot of it. You know, I was picking I mean, UCF just, in this game, but I'm going with Matt Baker now. Cincinnati's going to upset them. You think so? <laughs> there's not a chance, right? I mean, there, look, there's just too much emotion going on that, and that's a tough place to play. The bounce house will be bouncing, and uh, – yeah, I, I think it's going to be way too too emotional for Cincinnati to handle that atmosphere. It's going to be crazy over there. Those people are going to be well as long as, as long as they don't turn in, as long as the Bearcats don't turn into the Bengals who can't perform in prime time. Boy, that's true. <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't rub Jeez. off down you know a couple you know miles away from campus there down at Paul Brown Stadium. Yeah, well, I'm telling you the. Uh, the Saints did to the Bengals what you should do to that defense, which isn't very good. And when you pit up 509 yards, you score 51. Um, you know, the Bucks the other night or the other afternoon against Washington, 501 yards, three points, which I still can't wrap my head around. It's still unfathomable to me that you could have a game like that, that you absolutely, between the 20s, just do whatever you want to. Um, and then you wind up with that. But 
Yeah, so college football, I, I think that's probably the only game that I'm really that interested in. I don't Notre Dame-Syracuse has some major national ramifications. Yeah. Uh, you know, for an Oklahoma, per se, or, you know, in the off chance that Alabama loses to Georgia in the SEC championship game, then, you know, does that knock a Michigan out of the the, the playoff if Notre Could. Dame goes undefeated? So there's a lot of uh, right. schools like Michigan and Oklahoma and even the Ohio States and West Virginias and that rooting for Syracuse in this game. Yeah, and if this, that game was at the Carrier Dome, I'd feel better about it for Syracuse. I just don't know that they can get it done. It's at Yankee Stadium. All right, I'll give you my – So There's I a lot of Syracuse alums in New York City, though. So, I mean, oh, it's, there it's is. not going to be a pure be you know, Notre Dame house. But let's be honest. It's, it's going to be a, a big Notre Dame house. Oh, it, absolutely. Anywhere Notre Dame goes. Yeah. I mean, they have such a big following. And, and so I, I'm going to New York, and I got this really early flight, like out on Saturday. I don't you know. Whatever, it's a good connection. It wasn't that much, but I get in so early, and I thought, man, the the Bucks are staying like in Jersey City, which is you know not in New York, and I'm flying in LaGuardia. It's not close to that, so the whole time I'm kind of fretting about what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, turns out um, one of my wife's spots uh, bosses, David Malice, is in New York, and happened to have get this an extra ticket nice. to Notre Dame Syracuse. Nice. Yes. So a little college football in the afternoon. Going to meet him in Greenwich Village at his apartment. Maybe a little breakfast. Take a car down there to to Yankee Stadium. Nice. Not have to worry with the with the trains. Watch a little football, then back, and then uh, maybe take a little Uber down to Jersey City. So yeah, it's going to be a turned into a a lost weekend for me in New York because I'm not a big. I, I mean, when my wife and I go, I enjoy New York for like two days. I, I just I'm overwhelmed by the size of it and the amount of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm usually good for a Broadway show, a dinner, a football game, and let's go home. <laughs> you know, like how fast can we get to the airport? Um, and let's go wheels up before something awful happens. But um, but this will be, and the weather's going to be nice. Like it's it's uh, snowing, then it's turning to rain tonight, I think. Um, but, but for the weekend, they're saying clear, mostly clear skies. But uh, 45 is the high, somewhere near freezing is the low. That's very manageable for New York around Thanksgiving. Absolutely, it is. So I'll be in Orlando enjoying the uh, festivities of the bounce house. So that's going to be a really cool atmosphere. I think you'll enjoy that. I would have loved. I've, to have I've been to games over there before. I've been to a couple games over there before. So have you? See, I've mm-hmm. never have. It's I, I hear it's. I don't think it's good that that stadium bounces. To be honest with you, I mean it's an erector set type of stadium to begin with. I don't know why. I'm a little a little. Well, nervous I, I've, about I've been that. to Wisconsin when you know they do jump around and that stadium bounces I have too. too. So. It does, but it seems more particularly the upper deck. <laughs> yeah, it seems more sturdy to me than than the bounce house. But, um, but yeah, so that that'll be uh, that's going to be a fun atmosphere. And I I wish uh, uh, I wish I could watch college game day this weekend just to see what that that atmosphere is going to be like. But there'll be a lot of people over there. USF's at Temple. I don't know what to expect from the Bulls. Give them a, a puncher's chance up there. Their defense is really bad. Well, so you'd, you'd really like to see them win this game because next week you've got UCF coming to Raymond James Stadium on the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, you know, there's a there's a, a pretty good chance you lose that game. So you don't really mm-hmm. want to lose five in a row to end the regular season. No, that would suck for them. Um, so then, you really want to get this win at time. I'm not saying they can't beat UCF, but, you know, they're not going to be favored. Yeah. Florida State hosts Boston College. That's a loss for them. Then they got to play Florida the next week. Florida's got Idaho, which is sort of a tune up game or a tune out game, depending on your perspective. Pretty much the Gators SEC game. this week is all tune out games. Yeah, they're all they're all getting ready for the big rivalry weekend, which I love. Um the games on rivalry weekend, Ohio State, Michigan, and Florida. 
Florida State and Auburn, Alabama, and it's just on and on. USC Notre Dame will be next week. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Yeah. So next week's college football, a little better than this week's, but yeah, I'll enjoy the Notre Dame Syracuse game. And I've never been to Yankee Stadium. It's weird that the first time I go, the new Yankee Stadium, it's uh, actually going to be a football game. So I haven't been to the new one. I was at the old one, obviously. Yeah. But I was not, I've not I been to the not, new one yet. Because I have not gotten down to the Bronx. Again, not a big subway guy, and that's like the best way you should go. But we'll have a, we'll have a way to get down there. And I'm looking forward to it. So it should be a busy weekend of football and, um, and, and as well as the Lightning continue on their road trip. And we'll see how they manage without uh, their goaltender, Andre Vasilevsky. So we'll be talking about all that on Monday. And uh, we're glad you guys are with us Monday through Friday. Hope you've enjoyed uh, all the interviews and the things that we've been able to bring you. This podcast is growing. As always, we love your feedback, your interaction. Sometimes we'll do a mailbag, but you don't have to wait for that. You can reach us on Twitter uh, at SportsDayTB, or you can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. And folks, please, 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 the holidays are here. Do not wait. I mean, what are we, 60 days from – no, not even. How, no, how 39 days till Christmas. Till Christmas. 39 days. 30, 39 days. That's under 40 days till Christmas Day. You've got to get out there. You don't want to battle the shopping mall crowds because you don't want to go there anyway. If you want to buy something nice, a diamond earrings, a pendant, bracelet, maybe pop the question on Christmas Eve, a nice diamond engagement ring, go see our friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. He's going to hook you up there. And for our listeners only, you get 20% off – all jewelry purchases. That's And he's got the best prices already. Plus, you get to score big with 20% off all your jewelry purchases. It's Continental Wholesale Diamonds, 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. So, for Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you Monday. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.